Welcome to All In, a podcast from the Kark 10 Market, keeping you updated on all things indirect. Hey everyone, welcome back to the All In Podcast. My name is Brian Fitton, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We have a very, very special episode for you today with Mr. John Granby, who is the South Area President. And I had the opportunity and privilege of interviewing him on the indirect readiness call that we have every single week, uh, just gathers all of us indirect account managers, anybody who's in the indirect space. And uh, typically we don't do this, but I was asked by the ops team to uh, just dive into some questions for John, uh, just to get to know him a little bit better, but also get his opinions and thoughts on the business and where we're going. And uh, it was just a great interview, and I'm so excited to share that with you today. Uh, we do have some kind of Q&A at the end of it. This interview was so much fun, and I I'm so honored uh, that I was able to actually do this and uh, talk with John. And so we'll go ahead and kick it off right now. John, can you tell us just basically how many years you've been with the company and kind of give us a brief overview of your career path? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, So this is uh, December will be my 27th year uh, in the business. And I came in through uh, an acquisition of Altel uh, some, uh, I guess it was 12 years or so ago uh, at this point. And uh, my first job at Verizon, actually, I'm actually come full circle. Uh, my first job after integrating from Altel was the uh, director of customer service at the Alpharetta Call Center, which is right on campus here. Uh, and so it was my first introduction into this culture of Verizon, coming having come from uh, a small rural, you know, regional provider uh, headquartered in Little Rock, Arkansas. Most of you are aware of that. Uh, into this larger, huge organization headquartered in the northeast part of the country. Uh, And so from a cultural standpoint, it was quite the shock. But for me, that first opportunity was a great, great uh, entree into learning about the Verizon culture uh, and understanding uh, the priorities associated with the business at that time. And so number one for me, it was great because it was a good introduction uh, number two, uh, a great group of people at the Alpharetta Call Center really helped me uh, on board. And then third, it was uh, an entry into learning more about our customer experience and how we move heaven and earth uh, to deliver the best experience in the industry. And so uh, it was a pivotal uh, a juncture in my career, one that I look fondly on. That's great. I actually also started with Altel as well, and I am from Arkansas, so I know exactly what that's like in the uh, the all world back in the day. Um, so tell us actually a little bit. So when you first started, what was that that first day or first week like for you? Take us back to that moment. You know, when I remember uh, showing up uh, uh, on the uh, call center campus there, uh, it was it was a pretty big uh, uh, awakening uh, for me because at the time, uh, Alltel's call centers uh, had you know two or three hundred people, where this one at the time had roughly eleven hundred. So the size and scale and scope uh, of the uh, operation itself uh, and all of the functions associated with it was pretty intimidating. But uh, as I had a chance to move around and meet the team there, uh, they made me feel very uh, well uh, welcome uh, and certainly um, onboarded me in the right way. And so, you know, what was important for me at that time. And what I learned at that time was, you know, the best way to onboard yourself as a leader uh, is to allow the experts to do their jobs. 
mm-hmm. ask a ton of questions, to be visible, uh, to work alongside folks, side by side, shoulder by shoulder, uh, to understand what it is that you can do to make uh, their uh, lives more uh, more uh, positive, how you can help them be more successful in serving the customer. And when you do that, you always walk away with this huge appreciation of the talent of the people, but also a huge list of things that you need to work on on their behalf in order to improve uh, that critical connection between our company uh, and our customers uh, that we need to serve. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic wisdom, seriously. Uh, uh, so kind of moving into a different area here. So COVID-19 has obviously affected everyone's work life and personal life. Uh, what have been some of your key takeaways and learnings from this time? Listen, it's been a time for reflection uh, for me. And uh, just to sit back and reflect on, first off, all the blessings uh, that we all have uh, and how delicate life is and how delicate our society is. Uh, and the fact that this is a world uh, economy, that isolationism, you know, being locked to one's own, uh, you know, city, state, uh, country uh, isn't satisfactory. And I think, uh, you know, as I reflect on kind of our key, our core principles as a business, we said there are four really key stakeholders. There are customers, their employees, their shareholders, and their society. And at this point, uh, all four of those constituencies are being impacted. Uh, and so I think it was a great uh, foundational build of our strategy to say, hey, we need to anchor in all four of those to make sure uh, that we're doing everything we can do as a business to be uh, additive to what's happening there. And so it was a time for reflection for me to really think about those four key constituencies as, as well as uh, you know, making sure that from a, a personal standpoint, uh, the time that I have to spend with my family here, I've got a wife and a 16-year-old daughter uh, and a 13-year-old son that we're having the opportunity to spend quality time uh, like none before. Uh, so that's been a, a very positive outcome of this, but certainly uh, the delicate balance of, of, of uh, you know, serving public health as well as uh, attending to the economy uh, has been a, a, a real delicate balance for us and uh, a lot of work to still do there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's been a realization of how much we are all in this together. I, I completely agree with you there. Um, so what do you think has been one of the biggest challenges that you've seen? Look, I think, um, first off, I think if you look at the macro environment here in the United States, I think uh, there are different points of view in terms of, of, of public health uh, and this balance of, of the economy uh, and how that has then ultimately created all sorts of, of, of tension across uh, the country in terms of should we go back, should we not? Uh, how do we do this in a way uh, that is going to value public health, but also understand that uh, there's an economy out there that that people are hurting from? And so for me, it's this notion of that this has been a painful experience for everyone for multiple reasons. Uh, and uh, one that um, if you look at the macro environment, from a micro environment, if I think about Verizon, I think we've done an outstanding job so far in this situation, in this crisis to take the necessary steps to try to address the issues that are being brought up by our customers, by our employees and society. Uh, and it's been a very, very deliberate decision-making process that I think has helped us get to a position whereby we've been able to uh, maintain uh, the health uh, and welfare of our employees, but also be there as an essential service for our customers to make sure that people can continue 
uh, uh, to do what they need to do. So, so that's been a good, um, that's been a good, uh, really uh, litmus test for our strategy. And our strategy does work in times of good and in times of bad, uh, and that we need to continue to anchor in that, and we'll be successful, and we'll be, and we'll successfully manage our way through this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so as we as we do reopen and kind of recover from this, um, are there some things you think we can adapt kind of long term going forward? Yeah, look, look. First off, one of the things that has been readily apparent to everyone is that we don't need to have everyone show up to an office every single day to do their jobs. Uh, we've got the capabilities uh, to allow people to be able to work virtually. No one exemplifies that better than the team on this call, right? Mm-hmm. But we've been very effective with being able to virtually manage the business. Uh, we've been very effective with being able to balance personal and professional. Uh, and the two that uh, allows us to even create a better work experience, in my opinion. Uh, so I think that's going to be one that we'll certainly uh, look to employ. Uh, we're also learning a lot about digital. And we said, hey, digital needs to be that 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 hub, if you will, whereby customers can shop and, and buy and educate and customer, you know, provide customer service, you name it, techno- uh, technological service, whatever that might be, as the central hub of our business. And then from there, have the physical distribution, the customer service organization, you name it, to be able to support customers in the way that they want to do business with us. And so we've learned a lot. We've seen some good improvement in terms of take rate in digital. Uh, But we also recognize that if we don't have our physical stores, that's agent locations and our own corporate stores, then we don't have the tonnage necessary to fuel the kind of uh, uh, revenue generation that we need as a business. And so it's this notion of how do we get digital to do even more and how do we make sure that we protect our physical distribution? Because that is a a key asset uh, to our success moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you hit on kind of, you know, obviously working from home and that type of thing. You're obviously working from we all all are working from home right now. Um, So moving into some more rapid fire, fun style of questions. Uh, What has been your favorite movie or TV show to kind of binge? While you're while you're staying at home right now, so it would have to be the Last Dance, the story of the Chicago Bulls back in the early '90s, back in back in my heyday. They're playing all the music that I grew up with. You know, um, I remember Michael Jordan, uh, you know, making that shot at North Carolina and how that propelled him uh, to this uh, superstar status. I think seeing all of uh, his former competitors be able to speak about uh, how they, you know, approach playing against him, learning a lot about the inside workings as to what was going on there. It's been an incredible series. Uh, and originally before it started showing, I was thinking 10 hours, 10 different episodes seems like a lot. But after going through five or six, I think 10 is probably not going to be enough. So it'll be interesting to see if there's some sort of uh, add-on. But uh, mm-hmm. it's been an incredible uh, experience. And uh, I'm glad that the powers that be decided to pull it up uh, uh-huh. because this this uh, sports void has certainly been difficult, uh, but uh, but definitely the last stand has been great. I, I love the last dance. I had one of my more proud moments as a dad. We, my kids love Space Jam. So I'm watching the last dance on Sunday nights and uh, my daughter comes in and she says, that looks like Michael Jordan. I said, oh, Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, great. I feel like a great father in that moment. That was, that was a good moment. So, uh, hey, we talked about Cinco de Mayo, but uh, what has been your favorite takeout meal during this time? 
Let's see. Um, so takeout, uh, actually, we had uh, for the last weekend, we had um, uh, P.F. Chang's, by the way, okay. uh, which is not uh, a local thing, but uh, something that we look forward to. And uh, we had like multiple days of leftover. So that was really good uh, for Cinco de Mayo. I saw my wife earlier in the kitchen. She was thawing out uh, ground beef. So it sounds like we're going to have uh, tacos tonight. So. Uh, that should be my kids will be all pumped up for that. But it's been really good. Um, and that we try to you know give back to the local businesses around uh, uh, placing those takeout orders and delivery. And that's been great. I think it's been, again, a new uh, way of uh, perhaps uh, engaging with uh, local uh, businesses uh, that are rising to the task. And so we're going to continue to support them uh, in any way that we can. And for the Granby household, that means probably ordering two or three uh, nights a week uh, takeout. Uh, but so far, it's been good. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so, hey, what have you been kind of most thankful for during this pandemic? Yeah, so it's been a time of reflection. Uh, and uh, just to step back and really think about how appreciative I am of all of the uh, great things uh, that have happened to me over the years, uh, you know, working with a great team, uh, like the folks on this call, uh, you know, working, you know, having a great uh, family. My wife has been uh, outstanding in terms of her support. Uh, and we'll make that uh, be known uh, this coming Sunday with Mother's Day. So for all the mothers that are on the phone, uh, uh, thank you. And uh, please enjoy your day. You certainly deserve it. Uh, and uh, we'll do the same here in the Granby household on Sunday. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so kind of move into the business real quick and just kind of uh, wrapping up our, our conversation here, but uh, what was one of your takeaways from the earnings announcement? Look, I think, uh, again, it goes back to us having a solid strategy. And while we only saw about two and a half weeks of the COVID impact in the first quarter, um, what we said was, hey, you know, we made some pretty good progress on, on some of the key uh, strategic initiatives, whether that be 5G, whether that be continuing to to create uh, a better customer experience. All those things continue uh, to be uh, key priorities. Our focus on society and what we've done there. Uh, and to me, those were proof points that we were able to articulate uh, as a part of the uh, analyst call uh, from a couple of weeks ago. Now, uh, we're right in the middle of the second quarter. Uh, and so the, the full impact of COVID, we'll start to see. We've already uh, seen the impacts of that when we look at shopper traffic being down, uh, the difference in terms of how customers are engaging with us and how that impacts our revenue uh, picture. Uh, and then some of the incremental costs that we've incurred in the business uh, for things like uh, making sure that we don't disconnect customers during this period of time, that we continue to invest in the network so folks can have video conferencing calls like we have today uh, and that sort of thing, or whether that be us making the uh, investment in our agents to keep them whole during this period of time because we know that their business as small business owners has been dramatically impacted. And so we thought it was the right thing to do to invest in them and to guarantee them uh, you know, wages that, uh, that allow them uh, to continue to be healthy. So, so those are all the things that I'm, I'm proud of. We were able to articulate that uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I think it sets us up for being able to tell a very similar story in the second quarter. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. That's uh, very proud of our company during this time and how we've, how we've responded. I, I um, so just a kind of a final question here. So what, you know, we have a lot of uh, leaders on this call, what book or resource has kind of been special to you to, that you could recommend to our leadership here? You know, funny, and I haven't read this book, uh, but I, um, I'm going to order it today. I was, uh, I was on a run this morning 
I was listening to a podcast uh, from a, a gentleman by the name of Jim Haas, uh, and he interviewed um, um, Jim Quick, uh, who wrote the book uh, Limitless. Uh, and it talks about um, you, have an, you have a limitless power when it comes to your mind. And how you train your mind uh, is very important. It's one of the few muscles whereby it doesn't get the kind of exercise uh, because you can't see it like some other you know, whether it be people who do weights or whatever it might be. Uh, and so, so the notion there is how do you very thoughtfully invest in your mind? And when you do that, your potential is limitless. So that's one that uh, based on my uh, podcast uh, listening this morning, I'm going to get that today. Uh, and I'll be able to provide you guys an update on where that is. Uh, but I feel like it's one of those things that, uh, especially with so much going on outside, I think having a clear, strong, sound mind is very important. And in some t- in some cases, it's the last thing that we look uh, uh, to uh, uh, you know to work with. And so I'm going to make that make that uh, initiative uh, happen, and uh, I'll update you later. Oh man, that's fantastic! Yeah, that's a it's a great resource. And make sure everyone out there listening, make sure you guys uh, go look that up. And as well, uh, we have a podcast, John. You said you listen to podcasts, uh, the Cart Ten Market. We have our own podcast with Michelle Lance. Uh, and myself. So uh, I'm going to give a little plug for that because uh, I think uh, everyone should go check that out too. And maybe you should listen, let us know what you think. So, uh, but hey, John, thank you so much for for joining us today. And we really appreciate just you hanging out with us. Um, I am going to turn it over to Lori. Do we have any questions in the chat pod uh, for John? Hey, Brian, we do. Um, So the first one is Verizon and the indirect leadership team has done an amazing job of navigating us through the pandemic. How do you see the indirect channel moving forward? Look, I think, uh, as I said, it, uh, it's showing that it's a very val- valuable uh, uh, portion of our success moving forward. Uh, number one, we've got to make sure that our agents uh, remain healthy. Uh, and so the investment in their systems and processes are going to continue to be a very important piece of what we have, have to do, our policies so that they can play uh, in all of the uh, different attributes that we're trying to create from a positive customer experience. So that work will continue. Um, we've got to make sure uh, that uh, from a support perspective, uh, and we've learned over the course of the last few weeks that we can support the agents in a very robust way without having to show up all the time. And so our investment in virtual uh, tools and processes and policies, I think will be something we'll continue to build on. Uh, because we think we can be uh, very, very productive and efficient uh, when we do that. You guys are really showing that that is the case. So to me, it's about systems. It's about processes. It's about making sure that our agents remain healthy. It's about how do we support them in a new environment where we don't have to always show up to have an impact uh, and uh, more to come there, but feel really good about what we've been able to achieve uh, thus far. Okay, we've got another one. Um, when we get to the other side of COVID, how would you like our shareholders to perceive us as a company? Look, I think already our shareholders value us as a, as a safe bet. Um, we've got a track record of delivering consistent and solid results uh, in everything that we've done up to this point. And I think uh, this pandemic will reinforce the notion of us being a safe bet uh, and a steady, consistent uh, company. Uh, so we're, we're going to get, uh, in my opinion, a bump from that. But what I would also uh, hope to see is that they see us adding on to that core capability 
the ability to be able to navigate uh, in, uh, in uncharted territories, changing the business, not just to reflect the current situation, but making the business better as we come out of it. Again, through that, uh, whether that be through our touchless uh, retail environment, uh, our improvement in our digital tools and engagement, uh, a better customer experience to be able to deliver, to deliver a customer experience whenever, however customers want to engage us. Those are things that I think coming out of this, we should be able to uh, heighten. Uh, and that will also, again, add to the value of our business moving forward. Thank you for that. We have a couple more questions. Are there any companies that have adapted as well as Verizon to the virtual environment, or have we taken best practices from other companies? You know, we've shared some of the best practices uh, with uh, some of our business partners, whether that be a Kroger, uh, Best Buy, all of our national retailers. We've shared with them exactly what it is that we're doing from a, a touchless retail perspective. Look, I would say, though, that um, we were just talking earlier about some of the local businesses and how they really changed their business models to be touchless. Uh, they've really ratcheted up their ability for takeout and delivery, uh, those kinds of things. And so all of us, um, you know, as, as I step back and reflect the marketplace, you see great companies uh, making, making a concerted effort to business, to manage their business effectively, balancing the customer and the employee experience along with the financial obligations and from that, I think we're seeing a lot of innovation that we would expect to see moving forward, not just in this period of time, but again, I think uh, as we uh, exit this pandemic situation. Okay, so one last business question, and then we have a couple of funny questions for you. So is there a process or a business practice change that you've seen come from COVID that will become a standard moving forward? I think the big one for us culturally will be this notion of uh, being able to re uh, work remotely uh, and the virtual uh, nature of our business, what we can achieve. You know, you guys all are, are aware that we've, we've moved thousands, tens of thousands of employees from a uh, work in an office type setting, showing up every day to a work uh, from home or work remote uh, situation. And I think that we haven't lost a whole lot because of it. We haven't lost anything because of it. And so I think we're going to see that being a part of what we might consider moving forward as a, a cultural approach. One of the things that um, that has been a challenge for us, uh, and it's always been this way, is that when you have operations based on geography uh, and requirements of folks to work in a specific geography, that may not work for everyone personally. Uh, and so when you have the ability to be able to do the same kind of work, but do it in a virtual orientation, you open up the pool of talent that you have accessibility to. Uh, and then uh, that allows employees to do a much better job of balancing the professional and the personal. And we can do that and still have a great business. And it'll be even greater when we master that, that sort of orientation. Okay, so thank you for all of that. And we've got someone that wants to know, do you have a Verizon mask? Do I have a Verizon mask? No, I do not. A mask that has the Verizon check mark on it? I do not, but actually my daughter's making one uh, for me as we speak. Uh, I should have it uh, by tomorrow. Uh, we, we, we actually went through the house, found fabric, and I happen to have this Verizon uh, towel. Go figure. Uh, and uh, so that's one of the things that she's going to create for me. So we got the uh, rubber uh, bands in yesterday. They'll work today to do that, and we'll have multiple sorts of masks. I'll have a Verizon mask. I'll have a, a, 
a Virginia Tech mask, uh, uh, to name a few. Well, we can't wait to see those pictures, so you'll have to be sure and share that with us. And then, um, since it's Cinco de Mayo, and you talked about your family uh, eating out and takeout, I'm sure, though, that you guys have been um, working together as a family cooking and different things. So someone wanted to know, do you have a favorite dish that you like to cook? Anything that is on the grill uh, is my favorite and my, my go-to. So last weekend, we had ribs, uh, barbecue ribs. Those were really good. Um, last week, we also had uh, barbecue chicken. Uh, and then we'll probably get some steaks in this weekend. So whenever the weather's nice uh, and uh, I'm home, uh, I find myself outside uh, on the grill, which is uh, uh, something I really enjoy. Okay, so thank you so much. We did just have a couple of, of shout outs about the save uh, or the last dance. Everyone agrees with you. They love that. And Amy Harding, you need to get out and venture out more. She thought it was a movie about dancing. <laughs> um, so we did have one person that said they remember your first day or, or some of your first days uh, with Verizon that you came to their retail meetings with Mango. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Jeff Mango <laughs> at the time was uh, the president of Georgia, Alabama. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that I appreciate from uh, Jeff was that he onboarded me, he helped me, which was an example of good leadership. When new folks show up, uh, you grab them by the hand and you, you, you take them under your wing and you say, hey, look, I'm going to show you how things work around here. And so he was outstanding in doing that. Somebody that I, I remain in contact with, uh, with uh, up to this day. Okay, and we'll wrap up with one last shout out. Tell your wife we really appreciate her military service during this special time with May being Military Appreciation Month. So thank you so much. Like Brian said, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Make sure to add this podcast into your favorite podcast player. Uh, if you need instructions on that, don't hesitate to reach out to me at brian.fitton at vzw.com. I'd love to connect with you guys and answer any questions you might have. Make sure you go check out our Instagram account at cart10. And as always, we'll see you next month. <laughs>